Hello, Ned here. You're about to listen to the first official episode of our new Avatar campaign, 10,000 Things. But before we start, I have a little bit of bookkeeping to take you guys through. All of this surrounding the fact that Wanshi Tong's Adventure Guide, the first expansion for Avatar Legends, has arrived. There's a lot of really, really cool stuff in there, including information about Wanshi Tong's library that we didn't know before. And unfortunately, it turns out that we got some things wrong and we're going to need to change a couple of those things. We have already recorded the first two episodes of the campaign. And and we don't want to go back and re-record them, which is why you're getting the spiel now. We're just fleshing out some details from our session zero that should hopefully help bring our campaign back into a canonical sort of sphere with the official Avatar Legends canon. The first thing we need to address is the timeline of the library. When we put this campaign together, there were a lot of things that we were assuming about the timeline of the library because it was pretty vague. And of course, our entire campaign kind of assumes that the library is above the sands before the beginning of the Hundred Year War. But with Wanshi Tong's adventure guide, it's been confirmed that the library was already mostly sunk by Kiyoshi's era. So it's possibly even been up to a thousand years that it's been getting to the point that we see it first in Avatar The Last Airbender. And this is mostly because it turns out that Wanshi Tong was just kind of allowing the library to be overtaken by the sands of the desert as he was becoming kind of more jaded with mankind and less happy about the reasons why people were coming to his library. We're told that occasionally the sandbenders would come and help to remove the sand from around the library to kind of slow down the sinking process, but eventually they stopped coming as Wanshi Tong continued to become more reclusive. But fortunately, thanks to some really cool ideas that my players brought to the table, we're going to do a bit more narrative backflipping here to hopefully fit things together. We are, for our campaign, assuming that there was a time before the beginning of the Hundred Year War when the library was once again above the sands. And all of this revolves around an NPC who we mentioned during our session zero, Xin Lai, who is Wan Tong's personal assistant. We've decided that she is herself a sandbender who has come to start removing sand from around the library long after all the other sandbenders have stopped and has somehow convinced Wanshi Tong to raise the library back above the sands to give humanity one last chance, essentially. How did she convince Wanshi Tong to do this? Hopefully these details will come out in the campaign. I think it'll be more satisfying if we let that happen narratively rather than just dumping it all during exposition here at the beginning. But you're going to get a chance in this episode and the next episode to meet Shin Lai a little bit better get a sense of what her personality is like, and just keep in mind that she essentially is the reason why the library is back above the sands. The second big thing that I think I need to address is Wanshi Tong's characterization. Wanshi Tong is a really, really cool and memorable character, but he appears very briefly in the series. And when we came up with the entire concept for this campaign, I wanted to give him more of a spotlight and possibly present him as more of a sympathetic kind of character. We know that he brought the library to the material world for the good of humanity so that people could learn and better themselves, so he must have been a kinder person than he was before we first saw him in the series. And that's the kind of Wanshi Tong that I've been really wanting to delve into. I kind of think of the spirits in Avatar as being kind of similar to the Greek gods. You know, they present themselves as perfect and all-powerful and whatnot, but they are deeply flawed in many ways. And so I've presented him in these first couple episodes maybe in a bit more of an open manner than he might have been according to the new canon. Like I mentioned, he'd been getting more and more jaded and unhappy with humanity by the time he gets to this point. And so moving forward, I'll try to find kind of a balance between that canonical version and this maybe still kind of sympathetic version that I want to explore. We'll see. We'll see. But then the third thing is we mentioned in our session zero that our characters playbooks might change depending on what we saw come out in Watch Tong's adventure guide. And I confirmed that that is going to happen. 
The players have had a chance to look over these playbooks, and I think there's some really great narrative potential that comes along with them. Some changes are going to come sooner, some are going to come later, but you are going to see some changes along those lines. Just won't happen for a couple more episodes as we work through our backlog. A bit of a long spiel. Sorry we have to do maybe a bit of retconning and tweaking here at the beginning to make things fit, but we do still want this to be as accurate to the broader Avatarverse canon as we possibly can because we love and respect this world that has been created, and we want to contribute to it with the established canon in mind. But that's enough yammering for me for now. It's time to get into this campaign and finally see these characters in action. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to ImpTab Avatar, the Avatar Legends actual play where we make up almost everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Caleb Anderton, it's finally happening! McKenna Seal, I got too close to the mic! <laughs> <laughs> and Christian Randall, that happens every time. <laughs> I'm the reason for his hearing loss. <laughs> Well, everybody, we are ready to get into our first actual in-character episode of our Avatar campaign, 10,000 Things. So if you haven't already listened to our session zero, where we go into character creation, we explain a lot about the story up to this point and who our characters are. So we would definitely encourage you to go and give that a listen. But now, finally, after months and months of waiting, it's time to begin the story of Amar, Jetsun, and Zaya. And we begin with Amar Okami, waking up from a troubled night of sleep, as you have been for the past couple days. And as you wake up, you find yourself in a not austere, but not particularly well-appointed lodging. You have been in this room for the past few days, ever since you awoke in the middle of the Siwang Desert, with very little in your memory. And every night since then, after days of being locked in this confinement cell, Every night you have had dreams of that strange night that changed your life. When you woke up surrounded by a few barren scraps of torn metal. Torn metal that you didn't recognize, but that filled you with sadness for a reason you couldn't explain. A feeling of betrayal by people that you trusted. People that were subordinate to you. And sadness at having lost something important. Multiple things that were important. All of that culminating in an inexplicably terrifying sound like the snorting of a bull. And all of these memories being suffused by the one that continues to boggle you, that continues to enter your mind over and over again, a strange moving light. And as you wake up in your containment cell for another day, you ponder on all of these things and wonder what they mean. But outside of this containment cell down on the sands of the Siwang Desert at the beginning of a bright new day, we see two other figures approaching Wanshi Tong's library, riding on the back of a giant rhinoceros beetle that you borrowed from the beetle-headed merchants to get yourselves from the desert into other parts of the world. We see Jetsun and Zaya returning from a very interesting vacation gone awry. You left with three of you, but you return without Lobsang your friend who gave himself up and was captured by the Dai Li so that you could escape. You return with some heaviness in your hearts, 
And the first strange thing that you notice is you approach the door and Yung Tan is there as usual, but Zhang Tao is not here at the door and he's usually always here at the door. Like if somebody was going to be missing, it'd probably be Yung Tan, but he sees you approaching and he says, oh, something really big has happened while you were away. Uh, Wan Shi Tong is going to want to speak with you as quickly as possible. Please go, go and find him. Uh, absolutely, yes. Um, where, where is your compatriot? Uh, he is on mandatory sick leave at the moment. Uh, usually he doesn't ever like to take sick leave, but Wan Shitong has forced him to lay low for a little bit. Some crazy stuff has been going on here. And I'm going to turn and as we're walking in, lean into you and say, Well, I guess the fact that we might have lost a party member isn't really going to be that much of a problem because it looks like there's something bigger. Not a problem. Lob Seng is a good friend. It is a very big problem. Yes, but I was worried we might get in trouble for it, but I don't think we will per se get in trouble for it because there's another thing going on and it just seems really important as well. There are more important things than the chastisement from your elders. Let's go find one, Shitong. This is... Oh, what a mess. And I'm going to kind of lean over to my shoulder and say to Marmar, Well, he obviously hasn't been yelled at one, Shitong, quite often. <laughs> okay, well, it's probably good he can't understand you. <laughs> Stop. He kind of raises his eyebrows a little bit mischievously. I'll give a little scratch between his ears. If you're your beautiful little white hamster companion, Marmar. He's so cute. So Yung Tan opens up the doors for you, and as you start walking in, there is this very pompously dressed nobleman who comes storming out past you in a huff as you guys are entering, and he looks you up and down and gives a little snort and turns away and starts walking over to his caravan that he presumably came here with. And as you start walking towards Wan Shitong's central rotunda area, you see him with one of his wings over his head, kind of the weight of the world on his shoulders, as it were, kind of shaking his head back and forth. And as you approach, he says, Ah, it is good to see that you have returned. We have much to discuss here. I am afraid we do have much to discuss. Let us retire to more private areas, if we may. Yes, certainly. And he starts leading you off to one of the private study chambers. And he's still shaking his head. And he looks at the front door that this nobleman has just walked out. And he says, That man was from the city of Taku. He came here hoping to get information about how to force a woman to fall in love with him. And when I suggested that maybe he try talking to her and getting to know her and treating her with respect, he suggested maybe using money instead. And he's still just shaking his head. And you can tell that he's very pensive. And he's just kind of talking aloud like, I built this library here in the material world with the hopes of sharing my knowledge with mankind for their betterment. But sometimes I am discouraged by the ignorance I see in the people here. Yes, of course. The only cure for such ignorance is your knowledge, which is why we greatly appreciate your benevolence and guidance in our weakness. He looks down at you wearing the poncho that has his wings on it and he kind of rolls his eyes a little bit and says, you don't have to be such a suck-up, Jetsun. I like you. You don't need to try and convince me anymore. Force of habit. Then I'll take what he said and just apply it to myself and all the nice things and your worshipfulness and... <laughs> she could use it. Very good. You could be a little bit more of a suck-up. That is true. <laughs> 
take out my notebook and write it down. Okay, close it up, put it in my pocket, we're good. <laughs> and he opens up the door to one of the private study rooms, and inside you see Shin Lai, and she is scooping up some scrolls as you guys are entering in, and she looks up, and she has bangs across the front, swept from the left side to the right, and the rest of the hair is left long, but tied up into a braid, and then wrapped into a little bun at the back of her head. She also is wearing the Wanshi Tong library uniform that she designed, wearing it very proudly on her chest. As she's picking up her scrolls in one hand, she adjusts with her other, her much more practical glasses, not nearly as ostentatious as the ones that Jetsun is wearing. And she gives a wry little smile as you guys come in and she says, Zhang Tao is in quite a state at the moment. I've been researching some medical procedures. He lost three teeth in a fight with some ruffians, and he found on his windowsill a bag full of dumplings that got there who knows how, had been there in the sun, in the desert for who knows how long, and decided that maybe it would be a good idea to eat them. So I've been researching everything I can about curing his poisoned stomach and see if we can't get some replacement teeth into his gob. Oh my gosh. You are so kind. I'm sure he will greatly appreciate it moving forward. Well, let me know if you need me to go help him. I mean, I do have, I can refresh him because that is one of my techniques. Oh. So uh, let me know. Um, also, Ned, side note. Yeah. These ponchos with the wings, mm-hmm. are they like sewn together like that and like they're not going to separate? Because I feel like if I'm a knowledge seeker, I wouldn't really wear it like that. I would like undo the wings and then like wrap them around like a jacket, like around my waist. Yeah, we'll say that in the center where the wings gather, there's a series of clasps that are shaped like books. And to undo the clasp, you open the cover of the book and it comes apart. Are you kidding me? I love it. I love it so much. That's amazing. Can we make this as merch? I want this as merch, guys. Yes. (laughs) I would would just wear that. That's amazing. Yeah, Yeah, but I'm going to wear it on my waist. So like the wings are wrapped around. Mm -hmm. And so you offer this assistance to Xin Lai and she rolls her eyes with a little wry smile and says, well, if there's anything that we're going to need help with, it's going to be keeping him inside of his room. He is sicker than a dog and he still wants to go to work. But that's Zhang Tao for you. Well, I mean, he's a little rough around the edges, but him and I get along pretty fine. I bet I could convince him. And she raises her eyebrows a little bit and she's like, no, you got a a thing for our friend Zhang Tao there maybe? No, no, no. Well, you've got some competition because every time I've gone in there, he's had this little note in his hand and there's a little T down there with a heart (laughs) next to it. Oh, no. (laughs) I forgot about that. And Wan Shi Tong once again rolls his eyes and says, You can talk about your love lives later. We have business to discuss at the moment. And she gives a little bow, and on her way out, she smacks Wan Shi Tong on the back of his head where those eye markings are with one of the scrolls. And he kind of stops for a moment and takes a deep breath and then continues into the room and closes the door behind you. And he says, Well, some of the materials in the restricted section have been taken by ruffians. Oh, oh, that's far worse than I imagined. Do we know exactly what it was? Was was it catalogued? Yes, it seems that these ruffians broke in during the middle of the night. Zhang Tao pursued them, but was unfortunately outwitted by them in their escape. They have taken in particular documents regarding the Avatar cycle and the Air Nomad culture. It seems that they are trying to find who the new Avatar is before his time. That's wildly inappropriate for them to do. And deeply worrying. And I don't want to undercut the importance of this, but 
as you'll notice, we are a member short. He starts and looks around and says, Oh, yes, where, where is Lobsang? Well, you see, we were on the lake. I was doing some water skiing. I was behind him, um, and I let go of the rope. And I found myself in the middle of a situation of the Dali. Um, just a little bit of corruption in there. Don't worry about it. Um, but I was about to be taken, and Lobsang jumped in there and got me out. He is still with them. Don't take all of the blame on yourself, child. The blame falls mostly to me. If I had been paying more attention, I could have possibly gotten us all out of there, but I was distracted. I I saw an insect I'd never seen before. I, I did get a drawing of it, but I was too distracted, and I, I missed the moment that the Dai Li rose out of the lake. It, it mostly passed in a blur, but I was only able to get one of us out, and that was us working together. If it weren't for his sacrifice and staying behind, we wouldn't be here either. It is a deeply troubling situation in the Earth Kingdom as well. I am quite torn by this new news. Is there any lead, any information at all as to who might have taken them or where they might have gone? Wan Tong is staring off into the middle distance as he's thinking, and with a sigh he says, We have not seen corruption in the Earth Kingdom such as this since the days of Avatar Kiyoshi. She established the Daili to stop such corruption, but it seems that they themselves were not immune to it. This is certainly something we should investigate further, but for the time being, to answer your question, yes, we do have a lead. In fact, potentially someone to replace Lobsang in your companionship. Zhang Tao managed to capture one of the ruffians, and we have him confined for interrogation. I have reason to believe that he does not know why he was there. It seems that some external force has removed his memories from him. And so, I think, with the knowledge he has locked somewhere within his mind, he could be a valuable asset to you on your travels. Jitsun, could you prepare one of your lovely fruit pies for our guest? I would be happy to. I, I do find baking very calming, and I could use some calm in my life right now. Would you mind uh, terribly if I took a quick trip to the Oasis? I'm running low on fruit since I only recently returned. Ah, uh, certainly. You will have to stop at the Misty Palms Oasis regardless, whatever direction you go from here, but perhaps you can take this person with you. Let's go do a little interrogation. You may retire to your quarters to rest for a moment if you would like, but Jetsun, do make sure you drop off that insect sketch in the entomology section. Oh, absolutely. I think they will be quite excited. And Wan Tong gives you all a little nod and exits the room. Uh, you are free to rest and recuperate a little bit before you meet up with Wan Tong at Amar's holding cell for this interrogation. Yeah, I know for myself at least I will definitely be going back to my room, taking a quick little pat-down bath with the water basin in there, getting myself cleaned up from the travel back and taking a moment to center myself and remind myself of my monk training that... Yes, my good friend is in danger or missing, and that is the way things are now, but I need to accept that, live with it in the moment, and it will pass. That is the Air Nomad way. And I will go ahead, quick pit stop in my room, water my plants. My room is filled with them because I don't have a lot, obviously, back in the Southern Water Tribe, because it's frozen. <laughs> and so I'll go stop in there, water them real quick, put some food out for Marmar, and then I'm going to go run over and just check on my good old buddy, Jung Tao. 
Yeah, you head up to his room, and you hear from inside, he's like, No, it's going to taste horrible! And Jin Lai <laughs> is like, Okay, but it's going to help your stomach, so you're going to take this medicine whether you like it or not. And you hear struggling coming from the other side of the door. <laughs> I'm going to open up the door, and I mean, there's probably water in the medicine, right? I don't know, it's a liquid. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bend it into his mouth. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, we're going to get our first roll of the campaign, where to rely on your skills and training. <gasps> okay! Because Zhang Tao is actively trying to not get this medicine into his mouth, <laughs> but you are coming in unexpectedly, so maybe you'll uh, get a little advantage from that. Focus. Ooh. Mm-hmm. My focus is minus one. <laughs> Ten. That is a full success. Ah, I'm so good at my skills and my training. And on a full success, you achieve what you set out to do. So Zhang Tao is on his bed and he's like struggling with Xin Lai as she's trying to pour the medicine into his mouth. And they're kind of at a stalemate. Like she has the spoon right above his mouth. And with the <laughs> other hand, she's like holding his mouth open and he's pushing back against her. So you use that moment to just shoop, slip it out of the spoon and into his mouth. And he starts gagging and choking. And Jin Lai looks up at you and gives you a little wink and a nod. Wait, I want Zaya around the next time I'm trying to give my toddler some medicine. <laughs> Sweet. Just give me a call. I'll be there. <laughs> well, I heard you didn't do as good as you thought you could, not as strong as you might be, and maybe not as smart as you thought you were. What? No. No. What, where'd you hear that? I heard you were bested by a plate of soup dumplings. Okay, that... it was a bag of soup dumplings oh. on my windowsill. <laughs> it was a gift from... And he pauses before he says who it was from. It, it was a really nice bag of soup dumplings and they were very tasty. Was it worth sitting here getting your medicine shoved down your neck? Your neck? <laughs> your throat. <laughs> your throat. <laughs> and he looks at you with his signature bug-wide eyes and he goes... <laughs> You have not tasted these dumplings. Well, after hearing they sat out in the sun, I don't think I wanted to. But I will say, I can already tell that you're looking much better. And he starts blushing and he looks down and he's like, Thank you, Miss Zaya. You're welcome. And then I'll water the plants in his room. And then I'll say, And don't make me come in here and do that to you again, okay? Okay. Oh, oh, and I got you something. And I'll hand him a little fruit. (laughs) (laughs) I was trying to think. I was like, oh, wait, what can I get from the Earth Kingdom? You could get him a cabbage. I know. I was was like, I can get a cabbage, but I'm like, do I just hand him a cabbage and say, voila, cabbage. (laughs) So I was like, ah, I could make like cabbage dumplings or... It's an Earth Kingdom delicacy. (laughs) No, I bring him a little tin of tea. Mm. And I'll say, apparently it's supposed to help with your stress and anxiety and overexerting your eyeballs out of your head right there. (laughs) So I thought maybe you could use some. So let me know if you need me to make you a hot pot of tea. Shin Lai takes the tin from you and opens and gives a little whiff. And she smiles and says, ah, Jasmine, this will be perfect. Thank you very much. You're welcome. And then I'll go ahead and sit in the library. I'm not feeling very tired. I'm a little on edge about everything that's kind of been going on. I'm not really showing that I am, but that's kind of what I'm feeling on the inside. Um, so I'm going to go sit and just start reading about, I'm just going to pick a random book off of the shelf and one that I know I haven't read before and just start reading. And as you're sitting there, you will hear the signature clap, clap, clang of my sandals and my walking staff that I use as I shuffle past you to drop off the picture at the etymology section before I come back by to pick you up and take you to meet with Wong Chi Tong again. Sweet. And as you guys meet back up with him outside of Amar's room, he turns to you and says, Now do not let this man's history cloud your judgment. 
I perceive him to be at a moment of change in his life. Pay attention to his demeanor. See if there is anything in his heart that you can judge upon. I will take your guidance. I, I know that people can change and a past can truly be past. Let's do this. And he opens the door and Amar, for the first time today, you see the door open and in walks this massive owl spirit and flanking him on either side, an air nomad and a water tribe girl. And they close the door behind them and Wanchitong looks down at you and says, How have you rested? <laughs> uh, pretty well, actually. I mean, I'm <laughs> feeling pretty rested. I would love to, you know, stretch my legs or something like that, but uh, grateful for your hospitality, Wanchitong. Yes, certainly. And he reaches into his feathers with his beak and pulls out some kind of crumpled papers that are stained with oil and drops them on the floor in front of you and says, Your name, according to these schematics, is Amar Okami. Does this ring any bells for you? What do you, what do you mean schematics? What, uh, what are you talking about? And I'll, I'll pick them up and sort of inspect them a little bit, curiously. Yeah, roll to rely on your skills and training. Okay, that is an 11. Very good. As you look at these schematics, they don't look very familiar at first, but memories start to flash into your mind, each one separated by that same image of the moving light. You see the light move across your vision, and you see back in the desert where you woke up those torn scraps of metal around you. The flash of light goes back across your vision, and you hear a loud rumbling noise and the sputtering of fire, and that flash of light goes across your vision again, and you feel like there is something here, something that you should be able to remember as you look at the schematics of this motorcycle that you don't quite recognize, but you feel a sense of joy about. Yes. Yes, I, I believe that that is me. Um, I feel like there should be more, but there is not. It, uh... It is a bit disconcerting. I do not know if you have ever had an experience like that, but uh, it is hard. And at this kind of display of vulnerability and emotion, Wanshitong glances to either side down at Jetsun and Zaya to kind of gauge how you guys are feeling about this man in front of you. I don't say anything, but I kind of just look up at him and look back at Amar, and then I, I just nod and adjust my spectacles. Um, I'll go over and sit by him on the bed and say, so nothing, just your name, that's all you're remembering now? I mean, I, I feel like there's a few jumbled memories, a few scraps going around in my head. I, I remember the desert at night. I remember scraps of metal littering the ground around me. I remember being very afraid of uh, a big man who snorts like a bull. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't worry. You'll probably get to know him a little bit more and just understand. Well, he is that, but maybe also not as scary. A little bit more of a scaredy cat. Well, maybe that's just of me. But would you mind if I tried something on you? <laughs> I mean, uh, sh sure. G go ahead. Uh, what? Well, I'm a waterbender. And growing up, my mom, she was always spending time around the healers of our tribe. That was not always my favorite study of using my water bending, but I do have some knowledge of it, and maybe it could help. Yeah, sure. I mean, what do I need to do? Just sit here for a moment, and I'll open up both sides of my, my water skin. I open both sides and take out water from both of them and place them up on each temple. And I kind of shy back at first until I 
take a deep breath and close my eyes and just settle into it and accept it. I don't know if this will work, but I mean, what's the worst that could happen? I guess you die, but I don't think that's going to be it. What? No. Hey, whoa. (laughs) And then um, I'll try and rely on my uh, refresh healing technique. Yeah, so you have a combat technique that applies while you're in the middle of an exchange called refresh. But this fact about you implies that you do have healing abilities. And since we're not in combat, we don't need to rely on that specific technique. We can just rely on your skills and training. Okay, cool. So, um, that's gonna be a two. Mm. So, you hold the water up to both sides of his temples, and you are met with something that you have never experienced before in all of your attempts to heal. Usually, you're able to feel the energy moving through the person that you are healing, and that is how you're able to channel the healing energy through them. But as you try to move energy through his mind, you sense just this sad emptiness within there. There's a sense of there should be things up here in this mind. There should be a lifetime's worth of experience here, but you can't feel the energy moving through those memories. You feel fear. You feel loss. You feel confusion and doubt, but mostly you feel emptiness. Like, not like there's things like buried where it's like, oh, his memories are there. He just can't see them or just like gone. Uh, if you'd rolled higher, you might have been able to get a bit more information from that. Ah, the dice. Okay, that's valid. Do you feel anything? I don't. There's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I really didn't pay much attention when I was supposed to be learning this part. No, it's it's probably me. I mean, if you if you yell in my ear, you might hear an echo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I probably shouldn't try because I'm a little bit too loud sometimes. But <laughs> I can tell that you are afraid and that you feel lost. And that's okay. It's okay to feel that sometimes. Everybody's felt that sometimes. Maybe not to this extent, but... I feel that we will help you, and we will get it figured out for you. Not because we have our own personal selfish reasons, but also because I like you. And I don't think anyone should be without memories. Even if some are painful, no one needs to be without them. Saya, roll to guide and comfort Amar. That's a 12. Oh, very good. So when you guide and comfort somebody... There are two options that they can choose from when you get a success. So Amar, as Zaya comes to you with this guidance and this comfort, you can either embrace the guidance and comfort, meaning that you can clear a condition or two fatigue, if that's appropriate, and Zaya may ask you one question that you have to answer honestly. Or you can shut down the guidance and comfort, you inflict a condition on Zaya, and Zaya would shift your balance in response. However, on a full success, on a 10+, if you embrace the guidance and comfort, Zaya may also shift your balance if she wants. I'm going to accept that. And it's not like a list of questions I can ask, right? You can ask him any question you would like. Let's see if this triggers anything, but you were collecting information about the Avatar. Okay. And if you're stealing it, like apparently was a situation, that's got to be for something bad. Do you think you can trust us and help us to retrieve that information? Can we trust you? I sit there with my eyes closed and breathe in slowly, searching the swirling half-memories and fragments fluttering through my brain. From what I understand, I was someone that had wronged you, all of you, before, and you have shown me nothing but kindness. 
I believe that I can trust you all, and I hope that you can trust me, because I would very much like to right the wrongs that I have done, whatever they may be. And now, Zaya, you can shift Amar's balance if you would like. He is currently at 0-0. Zero, zero. You can shift him towards survival or friendship. I want to shift it, but I feel like being at zero is also good. <laughs> so shifting your balance is itself a balance. The further you are in one direction, the more likely that you might lose your balance, but also the better you can do when you live up to your principles. There are benefits to being far from the center and there are benefits from being close to the center. Okay, we'll go ahead and shift it one towards friendship. I will go ahead and lean in and give him a hug and say, I feel like at this point you might need something like this. So I'll give him a big old hug and then I'll stand up and say, all right, well, I'm satisfied. So if we need to go ahead and get started on this thing, we can go ahead and get started. Because I'm done. I mean, I have to water a few more plants, but that's about it. <laughs> and Wang Tong turns to Amar and says, a moment, friend. And he scoops up Zaya and Jetsun in his wings and kind of takes you outside with the door still cracked a little bit. And he turns to Jetsun and says, how do you feel about this? And at this point, um, I've been sort of just looking at the ground and I look up and under the giant magnification of my glasses, you just see my eyes just like tears streaming down my face. <laughs> oh. no, don't mind me. At, at my age, this happens at the drop of a hat. <laughs> but but I, I think we can trust him. He seems like a fellow who really just needs a bit of a guiding hand. Zaya, I have to say that was very good of you. <laughs> Uh, I really don't know how to handle you right now with no, that's okay. tears, but um, thank you. I'm sorry. I'm... I take my glasses off and I like take the hem of my poncho. And your eyes are just so much more smaller. My, my eyes are like <laughs> yeah, teeny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I, I dab away my tears and I, I breathe. I take some monastic breaths and I, I say, I think that he may be a great asset and ally to help us. And I am trying very hard to keep myself level-headed in this situation, but I do need to ask, would we be having him accompany us to retrieve our ally? Or would we be pursuing another path and having other members go on our behalf? If you are feeling hesitant to having him join us and essentially be a knowledge seeker as well, then perhaps it could be part of a test for him to assist us in going to attain Love Song and get him back. And that could be a way for him to at least prove to you, Anchi Tong, that he is capable of being trusted. Yes, certainly. Our new friend is in an interesting state at the moment. And you all peer back into the room and you see Amar is picking a little bit of beeswax off of one of the candles and rubbing it through his mustache to <laughs> spike it out to the sides. <laughs> But the best way to fill a mind with compassion and with light is to experience the world, to not stay cooped up in one place. I think it would benefit our new friend greatly if he were to go with you. Oh, so no hesitation at all. Awesome. Yes, uh, I'm happy to have him accompany us. Oh, you're such a good person. I'm just so glad that you took him under your wing like that. You did a good thing, Zaya. Uh, Sometimes you. people just need a shoulder to lean on. Yes, Jetsun, we already talked about you and your sucking up. We, we already like you. You don't need to convince us. <laughs> just, we like you. It was so... Oh, sorry. It's been I'm it. just going to take all the water out of your eyes that are coming out oh, right now. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> 
take your tears and just like bag them. I'm gonna bag them. I fall to my knees, screaming in pain. Oh my gosh, I got too close to the mic again. Um, I'm I'm going to um, just be like, okay, well now I'm uncomfortable, so I'm just gonna uh, take your tears away. Thank you, and I'll give you like a little side hug. Um, I don't know what came over me. I, I, I do love you, so that's nothing to do with my feelings. I've just had a lot of too much of an emotional moment today, so this is a lot. Yeah, no, so, that's fair. Um, I do appreciate you, and I do love you, but I'm going to take your tears away, and I'm going to bag them. Because okay. I was running out, because I had to try and heal them, so I'm running out. <laughs> and I'm going to kind of just stand there, and I'm going to take my walking staff, and I'm going to bop her on the lower back where her shawl is all tied up, and I'm going to say, you should wear that properly. In a minute. And I'll kind of, while we're continuing this, I'll just kind of throw it on. I'm not going to button it. (laughs) (laughs) And Wanshi Tong leads you back into the room where Amar is with a magnificent looking mustache. And Wanshi Tong looks down at you, Amar, and says, I would like to share a story with you. I once had the great privilege of meeting Monk Gyatso of the Southern Air Temple. And he turns to Jetsun and says, I believe you are acquainted with Monk Gyatso. Is this true? <clears throat> yes, I am acquainted. Um, I know him. In one of my visits to the Southern Air Temple, I was conversing with him when a young man approached, seeking to learn about Zen from Monk Gyatso. And he waxed poetical about everything that he knew of Zen and of the Air Nomad ways and of being at peace with the world. And as he spoke on and on, Monk Yatsu put a cup down in front of him and began to fill it with tea until it began to overflow. And this knowledgeable young man said to Gyatso, It's full, you can't fit any more inside. And Gyatso said to the young man, This cup is your mind. If it is already full, what can I put inside of it? And he looks down at you, Amar, and says, You have achieved what is known as the beginner's mind. Something that scholars have studied years and years to attain, and it has been gifted to you by forces outside your own control. You are in a place where your mind can be filled with many good things if you will let them. You should consider that a blessing, my friend. Thank you. Um, it is an unusual compliment to be told that your mind is so prodigiously empty that uh, it is a good <laughs> thing, but, um, but thank you. I hope I can live up to your expectations. <laughs> And Wan Tong gives a little bow with his head and says, There is too much emotion in this room for me. I am going to depart for a moment. You may plan where you wish to go, and if you need anything from me, let me know before you depart. There is much for us to accomplish. And he turns and starts walking out of the room, and he stops, and his head rotates 180 degrees to look at you all and says, Don't worry, things look dark, but I know you all to be bringers of light and I trust that you will handle this fine. And he turns his head back around, and you still see those eye-like markings on the back of his head as he walks away down the hall. Ugh, I hate when he does that. Does that? Okay, I'm glad it's not just me, because <sighs> he's done it a few times, and that freaks me out, man. Okay, okay, see, everybody else is like, oh, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen, but it's terrifying. It gives <laughs> me the heebie-jeebies. It makes me think of, like, how would I feel if my head did that, and that is not a good thing. No. <laughs> and you just see Jetsoon in the corner, like, twisting his head around, like, <laughs> adjusting his spectacles and trying to turn his head, just like... Yeah, he hasn't been keeping up on his yoga as much since he left the monastery. I've got this kink in my neck and it just won't go away. (laughs) So, this is where we run into the fact that we are going to play to see what happens. 
It is completely up to you to decide where you want to go next. The entire four nations are at your disposal. Whoa. Did we ever get any clarification as to if we had the clearance to go chase after our previous member? I think that was a yes. Yeah. Yeah, he okay. said it. It was like a do what you want. Okay. Th- then Amar, was it? Uh, yes. <laughs> I guess so. Amar. It seems to fit, no? It does. <laughs> I like your name. Mine is Jetsun. Jetsun. Oh, yeah. And I'm Zaya. Zaya, it is nice to meet you both. And as they're introducing themselves to you, they like go in to shake your hand, and out of Zaya's sleeve pops this little white hamster, Ugh. and it starts twitching its whiskers at you. Oh, don't be alarmed. Oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, where are my manners? This is Marmar, or Marty, or Marsupial, or <laughs> really anything in the book. When you say Marsupial, Marmar looks back up at you and is just like... It's, it's just, I mean, I know you're you're not, but it just fits with the name Mar. I, I, but be kind. We like him. So go ahead. Give him a little sugar, I guess. <laughs> he does that thing where he puts his hands up to his mouth and he kind of wipes his ears a little bit. But then he puts his hands up to his mouth and starts wiping down one of your fingers, kind of cleaning it off a little bit. Stop. That's so cute. Oh, thank you. I still had some wax on there. <laughs> it's nice to meet you too, Mar Mar. <laughs> All right. Come back. Come back. Leave him alone. Uh, We are very happy to meet you, and we look forward to working with you moving forward. We are returning from a rather unfortunate event. We had a companion with us who ran into a bit of trouble. He is an old friend of mine, and I would greatly appreciate your help in retrieving him from a sticky situation, if you will. Of course. I mean, um, (laughs) I do not remember much, but I I think I can relate to his situation. Yes. Um, Do you have any particular skills or talents that might be useful? I am, as is evident by my markings, and, well, you cannot see my attire, and I lift up my shawl so you can see my more traditional air nomad clothing underneath. I am an airbender, and Zaya has already demonstrated her prowess as a waterbender. Are you perhaps a bender, or have you some skill that you have retained through this loss of memory? Um, <clears throat> well, uh, and I look down at the schematics that Wan Chitong gave me. I say, <laughs> apparently I have some other skills that I uh, do not remember, but I do think I remember how to do this. And I'll snap my fingers, and a short, concentrated, welding torch-like stream of fire will come out of my first two fingers. <gasps> Oh. And I adjust my glasses and turn away a little bit and squint my eyes, because that's very bright there, son. I I think that we could find quite a very good use for you, indeed. And I'll blow it out. <laughs> we will be heading into the Earth Kingdom. As we go, I will be happy to fill you in on general knowledge as far as the Four Nations, basic bending, general history, just so... As we move forward, you won't get lost in common conversations if any of that is missing. But if you want to hear all the cool things about the history, like the little here and there's that most people don't really know, then I'll tell you. That is fair. I am, I am known to pontificate. Gesundheit. <laughs> <laughs> and it almost seems like you have two of me. That's fun for you. <laughs> oh, dear. I'm going to pack a dictionary and a thesaurus. This is going to be a very long trip. There are dinosaurs around here. You have a thesaurus? 
Oh, I'm going to bring a mobile library. This will be what a joy. Oh. And Zaya Marmar is on your shoulder and he kind of elbows you in the neck and he gestures his head towards Amar like, I like this guy. I know. You could get along with him pretty well too. I mean, if he's this close to me, then I mean, I don't see why you couldn't be like his best friend. You know, he, you can't be his best friend because you're my best friend. But I mean, well, no, you still have to sleep in my room. I will put out snacks for you if you still sleep in my room. Okay. All right. All right. Cool. I'm, I'm still your best friend. That's wonderful. So we'll go gather our things. You probably don't have many things. Um, I suppose we could stop at the Oasis and get you some things. Well, hold, please. You stay right there. So, uh, Jitsun, do you think we could get him like a little poncho shawl that we have? Or he probably has to earn that. I don't know. Would that be too soon? Uh, well, my people have traditions with certain rites of passages. These tattoos of mine, I came by them through hard work. And now that I wear these vestiges, I believe that they should be earned as well. That being said, I, I do plan on packing one for him in the event that this excursion goes well. I don't think that he should start with it, per se. For example, if he were to represent the library in a light that would be unbecoming, I will make sure to include basic etiquette and library decorum in our daily lessons as we travel. You yourself could use a little refresher. Oh, this will be a fun trip. Okay, so we will go pack our things, and then we will come and get you stuff, like a change of clothing, since you only have the one, I'm assuming. I don't know if you want to bring those scraps of metal sitting in the corner over there. I guess that was found with you, so I don't know if it's important, but... I, I think I may leave those for another time and return to them later. Okay. Is there anything that you need us to procure for you? Any sort of specific item that you may be needing? Uh, we will pack the basic essentials, water skin, rations and such, but is there any item that may not occur to us? Ned, would I have my personal effects, like things found on my person still on me, or were those confiscated? Uh, you don't have any of the scrolls or books that apparently you helped to steal from the library, but everything else for the most part is still there. Well, except for anything that was in Fifi's glove compartment. Gotcha. I check my pockets, do the little pat down, and I'm like, I think I have uh, everything that apparently is important to me, so I am ready to go when you are. Very well. Um, I need to do a little bit of packing, since this will be another long journey. That being said, I think you'll be quite happy to know that our first stop will be a magnificent oasis with a wonder and a marvel, a large pillar of ice sticking out of the middle of the desert, an oasis in the middle of this dry land, and I happen to know, well, I've a good acquaintance there anyway, um, who will allow me to make for you a little bit of a treat. <laughs> Zion knows what I'm talking about, but you don't. <laughs> I like surprises like this. <laughs> yeah. So, Jetsun, this would be your friend Leng Yin. She is the bartender at the Misty Palms Oasis. Uh, she's kind of sassy, you know. The Misty Palms Oasis is a bit of a tourist trap, so you get lots of rough and tumble types going through there. She knows how to hold her own against anybody who manages to make their way through there. Oh, you're going to love my friend. She is quite the character, you might say. Uh, that being said... If, Zaya, you said you don't need to do too much packing? No, I just really need to go down and grab some stuff for Marmar and just throw a little satchel together. That's really it. Would you mind too terribly perhaps giving our friend here a small tour of the library? I know it's 
Sorry, Amar, I don't mean to exclude you from the conversation, but normally when we offer these tours, it's sometimes a multi-day experience. But Zaya knows this place forwards and backwards so she can give you the highlight tour. Sure, yet yeah, I, I think I've been here before, but I don't remember it, so <laughs> I am uh, an empty cup. Perfect. Well, you can just follow me to my room. I'll just grab those couple things, and then we'll go on our way. Okay. And as our companions go their separate ways in preparation for their trip to Bossing Say by way of the Misty Palms Oasis, I think that is where we're going to pick up next time. <sighs> Feels good. Guys, this is so I hope fun. I wasn't too mean to you, Christian. <laughs> With oh, it was great. <laughs> okay. It was amazing. <laughs> Wait, when? I don't know. Just, just being sassy to you. Oh. I was like, this is my character, but also like, I love you and I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm really enjoying the dynamic. Me too. I'm trying okay. to give him a lot of different layers so and angles. I love him so much. So I want, I'm glad that he's getting poked. And he, he doesn't sound as much like Bernie Sanders as you think he does. So good job. Does he sound too much like Voldemort or? <laughs> no, he, no, he, he sounds no, like the good. meme of Voldemort where it's like, Okay. <laughs> so not not Ray Fiennes, but... I'm realizing that he does kind of have a British accent, even though I didn't intend it. It's, you know, a bit of a transatlantic, like, very proper. And I'm trying to maintain that by using big words. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we're off to a very great start with these characters. And I'm very excited for you guys to reach the Misty Palms Oasis. Me too. And I'm very excited to have all of our listeners here with us. Thanks for listening to ImpTab Avatar, and we'll be back next time with more adventures in the world of 10,000 Things. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as a man with a stomach ache, but he knew those dumplings were worth it if you go ahead and give us a positive <laughs> review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop. So if you'd like to connect with us, then you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and we would love to hear from you. Let's do a round of plugs. Caleb, would you like to take it this week? Sure thing. Guys, thank you so much for being here. We really have been so excited to do this, and we're doing this because you guys are listening to what we create. So thank you. We'd probably be doing this anyway just because we love it, but... Uh, Thank you so much for listening to our Avatar one-shots and the other Fate campaigns. Remember to check those out if you haven't. There are regular one-month-long campaigns, and they're a ton of fun. We also have a sister podcast called iCast Fireball. That's a D&D 5e podcast where Ned is a regular player on there. Um, and you might hear some familiar voices if you go over there and give that a check out. Um, the artwork that you can find on my Instagram for Amar uh, was done by Sammy Swan Illustrations. She is fantastic. She's done a ton of artwork for us. Give her a look if you haven't yet. Yeah, we'll post that up on our Instagram as well with Sammy's permission. It's a really fun illustration. I love the way that she captured Amar in his kind of roguish glee. <laughs> Me too. It's an awesome, awesome picture. But yeah, thanks everybody for joining us here in the world of Avatar Legends 10,000 Things. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and I've been joined by Caleb Anderton playing Amar Ukami with a prodigiously empty mind. McKenna Steele playing Zaya, and I figured it out. The <laughs> accent, that is. <laughs> and Christian Randall as Jetsoon the Aged. Much love and stuff, everybody. We'll catch you next time on ImpTab Avatar. Mwah.